Let's turn to Genesis 32. Genesis 32 is our Old Testament reading tonight. Brothers and sisters, let us receive this as it is, the very Word of God. So Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's camp. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my lord Esau. Thus your servant, Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen, donkeys, fox, and male and female servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find favor in your sight. Then the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he also is coming to meet you, and four hundred men are with him. So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two companies. And he said, If Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left will escape. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So he lodged there that same night and took what came to his hand as a present for Esau, his brother, 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milk camels with their colts, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 foals. Then he delivered them to the hand of his servants, every drove by itself, and said to his servants, Pass over before me, and put some distance between successive droves. And he commanded the first one, saying, When Esau, my brother, meets you and asks you, saying, To whom do you belong, and where are you going, whose are these in front of you? Then you shall say, They are your servant Jacob's. It is a present sent to my lord Esau, and behold, he also is behind us. So he commanded the second, the third, and all who followed the droves, saying, In this manner you shall speak to Esau when you find him. And also say, Behold, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goes before me. And afterward I will see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present went on over before him. But he himself lodged that night in the camp. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. 
Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank. And our New Testament reading, just a brief reading here from Luke 22, 39 through 46. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray, that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Amen. Thanks be to God for his word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do thank you You have given us this Word, Your holy Word, Your clear Word, Your sufficient Word. Lord, we uh, we thank You that You show us here in such clear and lovely lines the Gospel of Your grace in Jesus Christ. Father, we ask that You would open our eyes to receive Him and to see Him and, and trust Him. Father, grant us light, grant us understanding, and also grant us heat, grant us warmth, love, and affection for our Savior, that we might be strengthened to live in Him and for Him by this Word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. What is your relationship with God like? What's your walk with Him like? Uh, there's, there's a hymn that paints a picture of what we can expect from our relationship with God and what it's like to walk with God. Um, and and it, goes, it goes like this. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ear. The Son of God discloses and He walks with me and He talks with me and He tells me I am His own. And the joy we share as we tarry there None other has ever known. That's a lovely scene, isn't it? It's a lovely picture of what our communion with God is like and what walking with God is like. Um, but, but it's a one-sided picture. Right? Our relationship with God is like that sometimes. 
Sometimes it is warm and golden-hued. Right? It feels like we're strolling in the garden in the, in the cool of the day with the Lord. The Lord loves us and He knows us. And there's joy to be found in our relationship with Him more than any other. But there's another side to our relationship with God. It, it, it's, it's deeper than that. It's, it's, there's, there's more to it than, than this. And if you look at Scripture, you see this, uh, the, 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 our relationship with God and what it's like to walk with God as something that's also full of challenge and complexity and difficulty as well. Um, Much more often, probably, we read words like this from the Psalms. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? My soul is cast down within me. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. The picture there of our walk with God, of life and the covenant of grace, of of the Christian life, is one of getting pummeled over and over by waves. And no sooner do you stand up after you've been knocked down by one, than another one uh, washes over you and knocks you down. Um, Our Lord's love is indeed like an ocean, uh, a terrifying at times ocean. Consider, consider the picture we just saw in Luke of our Lord Jesus and His relationship with His Father and, 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 and the way that we see the agony uh, of, of His uh, prayer there in the Garden of Gethsemane as He wrestles with God. Uh, now, there's something unique He's going through that we'll never go through. Uh, but at the same time, there is something there that is similar to what we are called to go through. We are following Christ on the Calvary Road. And... And we also are pursued by His great grace and steadfast love. And those things are going to challenge us and purify us and lead us through trials and difficulties and wrestlings. Wrestlings with God. I was listening to a podcast just this afternoon and, uh, and uh, Jeff Thomas, the pastor who was being interviewed on the podcast, Welsh pastor, said this about the Christian life. He said, the Christian life is from the hard to the difficult and from the difficult to the impossible. The Christian life goes from the hard to the difficult and from the difficult to the impossible. Uh, we, are, we are being called to self-denial, laying down our lives, following after Christ, take up our cross and, and following Him. Uh, it is a wrestling match, in a sense, that we are engaged in. But this is the way the Lord works. He brings us into this and He's, he's teaching us to trust Him. And he's blessing us in it and showing us his grace in it. That's what we see here in Genesis 32. This picture of a wrestling match with God, of the struggle of, of our Christian life. But we start with reassurance. We start with comfort, encouragement, and reassurance in the beginning of the chapter. Uh, the Lord in his wisdom, but he, he's going to bring another trial along to Jacob, but before he does, he reassures him and brings comfort and encouragement to him in the opening verses of the chapter. He reassures Jacob that he's with him. He reassures Jacob that he has him right where he wants him. Uh, Jacob is Jacob is heading back to the promised land. God himself has told him to go back there. God has told him he'd be with him going back there. He's just been brought out from this situation of near slavery to Laban, and he's on his way now towards Canaan. And chapter 32, verse 1, tells us God sends these angels to him. 
Just as God met Jacob on his way out of the promised land, heading into his exile uh, at, at Bethel, uh, now the Lord meets him on his way back to the promised land. And this nice, uh, this nice mirroring. And, uh, and Jacob sees these angels, and he knows God is saying to him, I'm with you, Jacob. And Jacob names this place where he sees the angels Mahanaim, uh, which means double camp. Um, he's saying God has made his camp here. This camp is my camp, and this camp is God's camp. Um, we see here the, the essence of God's promise to us, that the Lord is not distant, far away, uninvolved God, but he is Emmanuel, God with us. And where his people dwell, he dwells. What a precious, precious truth, brothers and sisters. Where God's people dwell, where you dwell, God dwells. Your camp is a double camp. Your home, your place, where you are, God is there. Jesus says in John 14, 23, he says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. God is personally present with you. And there's not a moment in your life as a Christian when that's not true. There's not a trial that you face that, that cancels that out. Right? He's with you. God himself, by his spirit, Jesus promises at the end of Matthew's gospel to us, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Uninterrupted presence of God with us to be our God in the very best times and the very worst times. Precious promise. And God, God, is, God is promising this to Jacob. He's strengthening his faith in the face of the trial that's about to come. And he's also he's reminding him that he's with him. He's also reminding him that, 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 uh, that, that he is, Jacob is where God wants him to be. That the trial he's about to go through is one where God is present and God is working. Um, Jacob, right, he, he's already had quite a bit of difficulty just getting out and obeying God to go. And he's about to get into even more difficulty than he thinks he is. Um, and, and often as we, the Lord calls us to obedience, we start walking in obedience, and then difficulty comes, what do we think? Well, maybe this isn't the Lord's will. Maybe, maybe this was a mistake. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. But uh, the Lord is saying, no, it's not the case, that it would be easier if you were obeying me. Um, the hardness of the road probably is a mark of the wisdom of God and bring you down that road. I remember as Eva and I headed out to Westminster uh, to start our time there in seminary, it felt like we were hitting roadblock after roadblock in our, especially our first year there. I remember talking to my pastor on the phone about these things and he said, it's probably, it's probably a good sign that it's so challenging. This is the way the Lord works. You're right where he wants you. And this is part of his providence. So the Lord comes to Jacob. He bolsters his faith, reassures his faith. And then, and then he does bring the trial to him. And, and Jacob's faith is tested. But as his faith is tested, we see it brought out. We see dross burned away. We see real gold start to show up in Jacob's faith, like we haven't seen yet at all, uh, as God, God brings him through this trial. Um, uh, so, so Jacob is afraid. He's afraid of Esau. Um, 
But notice, notice, uh, notice how Jacob responds in the face of this fear. He tries to do the right thing, right? He, he's, he decides, I'm not going to sneak past Esau. I'm not going to try to trick Esau or cheat Esau, right? 20 years ago, Jacob would have been trying to trick, cheat, or, or sneak by. Um, but, but now he's, he sends messengers directly to Esau. And, and he does, it, it, the, the words that he has his messengers say to Esau are very important. He doesn't say to Esau, remember me? Dad put me in charge, and I'm back. Right? I got the birthright, I got the blessing, I'm in charge, and I'm here again. Uh, he doesn't say that to Esau. Instead, he says in verse 4, Thus your servant, Jacob says. Important that he's saying that. Say this to my Lord, Esau. Thus your servant, Jacob says. He, he, he's saying, I'm, I'm, Esau is, is superior. He, he's putting himself as, as, as the servant here. He knows God's promise that he is the next patriarch. The one through whom the covenant promises are going to go and the blessing comes. But he's not grasping at it, fighting for it, insisting on it. He's now trusting in the Lord to bring this in his own time. And so this is uh, the grace of God here has transformed him to the point where he's able to serve and humble himself before this person that he used to try to usurp and exploit. So he's doing the right thing. Um, but it looks like it starts to backfire because Esau starts coming with 400 men. Uh, it looks like an army, um, and Jacob is afraid. He fears the worst. He's uh, trying to do the right thing, trying to obey God, and it looks like his worst fears are, are just coming true as, as Esau comes with his 400 men. Um, and he thinks uh, he's got to make a quick plan. He divides his camp into two. If, they, if he attacks one, the other, maybe the other can, can escape. Um, um, but he's terrified, and, and, and he quickly turns from this plan that he hatches to the Lord. And, and we see this like we've never seen it in Jacob so far in his life, that his confidence is not in himself. Right? He knows he can't trick his way out of this one. Um, he has no resources, no power in this situation. His confidence is, is on the Lord. He's, his faith is firmly fixed on the Lord. Um, he's, he's a model here of, of, of faith for us in the face of fear. We see him pray. Have we seen Jacob pray? Um, not, not like this. He cries out to God. He cries out desperately to God. He cries out of his weakness, confidence in God's power. He starts his prayer with thanksgiving and with praise, um, uh, recognizing that God has shown him blessing and love and he hasn't deserved any of it. Listen to how he prays in verse 9. O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family, and I'll deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. He finally seems to get the gospel. I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies which you have shown your servant. He looks at his life. He sees all his sin now, right? All the, all, all, all the stuff he, he did in himself that disqualified him, should have, should have been kicked out of the covenant, shouldn't have received anything from God because of his grasping selfishness and his pride and his ambition. But now he recognizes that, that uh, but God has pursued him. God has forgiven him. God has blessed him. And he says, I'm not, I'm not worthy, and yet you've shown me steadfast love and mercy. 
loved ones, what, that, 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 is, that, is the, uh, that is the gospel, and that is the, that is the attitude we need before the Lord. A deep sense that we do not deserve a split second of God's grace. We have not earned a single blessing from His hand. And yet He's given us everything He has to give in Christ. He's shown us such mercies. At no time is it more important to know that than when you are facing danger and you're afraid of what's ahead. Um, Jacob here, he's, he's praising God. He's also quieting his own heart, remembering who God is, right? He's, there's this terrifying thing ahead. He thinks his family might about to be killed or attacked, um, but he's remembering God, God is gracious, not because I earned it, but because of his covenant with me, because of, because of Christ. Um, um, he, he's remembering that, that everything in his past has been steadfast love of God, blessing from God. Therefore, also, everything in his future will also be a demonstration of the steadfast love of God. Whatever is going to happen tomorrow for him is going to be under this banner, God's love for Jacob. And, and, and loved ones, remember that for yourselves as well, that whatever happens next for you is only going to confirm God's blessing and His grace for you. He does not treat you according to your sin, but according to His mercy. Settle your heart there in the face of fear. That's what we see Jacob do. And then, and then once he's done this, then he goes and he, and he prays. Um, he makes his request to God. Uh, notice what he does. He, he pleads the promises that God has given him. He says, Lord, you've, you've prom- you, you called me to this. You've promised to bring me back. You've promised to be with me. You've promised it would go well with me. So please make good on those promises. God's promises are like, are like checks that he writes us. Um, and, and we can bank on them, right? And, and he wants us to take them and bring them back and say, Lord, here, here's what you promised to give. Now please... Uh, please give it. Uh, This is what you promised. This is what Christ purchased. Please do what you've promised to do. So Jacob prays in this way, a model for us. And then he continues to walk in repentance and obedience. Um, He commits himself now to 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 walking in obedience to God and trust before Him. He sends His brother all this livestock, this this great generous gift. He sends them in successive droves being sent to Him, trying to appease Him. But He's not trying to bribe Him. He's not trying to manipulate Him uh, as as Jacob of old would perhaps have done. But now He's sending Esau a clear message that He's changed. That He's not trying to take from Esau. All their life, Jacob's mission in life was to take from Esau. Get the birthright. Get the blessing. Take from Esau. But now he's generously giving to him. He's saying, saying, I'm sorry for for the way I acted before. The Lord has blessed me. I have no intention of taking anything from you, Esau. And he treats him here as his superior. He respects him and he honors him. And so what we see is as Jacob both prays to God, we see his faith in God, and then as he turns and obeys, God walks in repentance. There, um, it, it's this wonderful picture of the command we get in First Peter four nineteen, um, where it says this: "Let those who suffer, according to God's will, entrust their souls to a faithful Creator, while doing good." Let those who suffer according to God's will 
entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing good. Jacob is suffering. He's facing hardship and danger, and he's afraid. But he's trusting his soul to the faithful Creator, and he's doing good, walking in obedience. That's the two-step of the Christian life, the two-step response to fear by faith. Entrust your soul to God and keep doing good. And then, uh, having, having done all this, then we see um, the, the story comes to its climax as it is here in this chapter. As, uh, as, as Jacob sends uh, the last of his family across the ford of the river Jabbok and then stays by himself and spends the night alone. The text doesn't tell us exactly what he's intending to do all night, but I, I think, uh, based on what we've seen, I think he's going to be praying, interceding, crying out to God. Um, and then, as he's there, suddenly he's attacked uh, by this man, and, and they wrestle all night long until the dawn starts to come in the east. And imagine he is exhausted by this point, um, utterly exhausted, didn't sleep a wink. He's been wrestling with this man all night, but he will not quit. Uh, Then the man touches his hip, puts it out of joint. He can't wrestle anymore, but still he doesn't let go. He keeps holding on and holding on and holding on. and, and, And then he says, I won't let go unless you give me a blessing. He knows that he is the less powerful person in this wrestling match, but he's refusing to let go without a blessing. And then it's revealed to him that he's been wrestling with the Lord himself, uh, a manifestation of of the Lord and his presence. Uh, I want to look at several things that this, uh, this, this, this scene here teaches us about our relationship with God. First, we learn something here about faith. Um, saving faith rests in God, rests in Christ, receives Christ, but it doesn't remain a, a passive sit-back-in-your-chair kind of thing. It, it wrestles with God. Uh, uh, we, we see this, this right? Faith, faith in, in Jacob here is, is determined and relentless, and it seizes hold of the promises, and that's what we're called to do. He refuses to be, to be put off. I'm reminded of the Canaanite woman who comes to Jesus asking for him to, 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 to heal her daughter, and, and Jesus puts her off, and she comes again, and he puts her off, and she, comes, she keeps coming back. Yes, Lord, I'm, I'm a dog, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She's determined. And that's the kind of faith that the Lord, that the Lord loves. It is not the determination of, um, well, well, uh, I'm going to work and I'm going to earn God's blessing. But it's it's not 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 coming from a sense of self righteousness. Um, if you're self righteous and self sufficient, you don't wrestle with God. You say, I don't need God. I don't need His blessing. I'll get my own blessing. But if you know by faith that your only hope is in Him, you're not going to let go. If you're in the middle of the ocean, in the midst of a storm, you won't let go of the raft, right? That's what faith is. It's a desperate holding fast to your only hope. Uh, it, it's, it's being aware of your weakness, that, that apart from that Savior, you have no hope at all. And so Jacob, Jacob continues to hold on and hold on, not because he's strong, but because he knows he's weak. His faith won't let God go. He knows nothing is more important for him than to hold fast to God with all the desperation of someone who's drowning. That's how we are to hold on to him. 
to hold on to Christ, to not let go. Keep a firm grip on Christ. Recognize you have no other hope of salvation, no hope of blessing at all apart, apart from Him. Right? The world will try to tempt you to, to let go and trust something else, hold fast to something else. The world will try to pry your fingers off of your grip of Christ. Um, but don't. Hold fast, even as, even as Jacob does here. This is part of faith. This also teaches us, though, not just about faith in the Lord, but also um, about the grace of, of God. Uh, God holds fast to us. Sometimes he carries us like a shepherd carries a lamb, uh, uh, as we read in Isaiah. But there are other times where he wrestles with us by his grace, uh, where he comes not, not to punish us, right? That's not what he's doing here to Jacob. That's not what he does to his people ever. But he comes to wrestle us and sanctify us and teach us to trust him and teach us that we are weak and he is strong to, to surrender in, in trust to him. This should be a wonderful comfort again to us um, that, that, that God loves us with a very purposeful love and that his grace to us is a very purposeful grace, not an impersonal standoff kind of thing, but he comes to each, each one of his people and he engages with us and, and wrestles with us. He comes to, uh, to batter us, to teach us. There's an old poem, uh, John Donne, 17th century poet, who writes, yeah, the poem goes like this, talking about the grace of God um, in this way. It says, Batter my heart, three-personed God, for you as yet but knock, breathe, shine, and seek to mend, that I may rise and stand, overthrow me, and bend your force to break, blow, burn, and make me new. That's, that's uh, John Donne's prayer, that line there at the end, overthrow me, and bend your force to break, blow, burn, and make me new. That's what the grace of God does to us. It remakes us. It so remakes us. It makes us almost unrecognizable. Gives us even a new name. Uh, Jacob here is not the same Jacob who left 20 years ago, left the promised land, um, right? The striving is gone. The grasping is gone. The personal selfish ambition is gone. The cunning and cheating and exploiting is gone. What's made the difference for him? God has been wrestling with him. God has been battering him, overthrowing him, bending him, breaking him, remaking him. Um, and, 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 and in the place of the pride now is humility, this trusting, this, this even broken man, right? He's limping. He leaves this encounter limping, weak, knowing that God is alone his sufficiency. He has no strength in himself. So the grace of God has, has remade him. It's refashioned him into a man who loves God and wants to serve God, a man who trusts God, um, a man after God's own heart. And, 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 and that's why in this scene here we see God give Jacob a new name. He asks him after the wrestling match, what's, what's your name, Jacob? Right? Jacob gets that name because he comes out of his mother's womb grasping his brother's heel, trying to, trying to wrestle with his brother, trying to get first place from the very beginning. Right? It's a name that symbolizes everything that he's been so far, grasping, usurping. Uh, um, but, but now, the Lord says, no, I've wrestled with you, and I've remade you 
and you get a new name. No longer a Jacob grasping for ambition, but uh, Israel, Prince of God. It's fascinating, isn't it? Um, it's probably what Jacob always wanted to be in a sense, right? The blessed one of God, the Prince of God, and he was grasping after it, his own strength. But now that God's broken him and remade him, now at last, by the grace of God, by the word of God and the power of God, God has made him to be what Jacob could never make himself to be. Um, he is now Israel. And that is the name that is going to be a reminder that he has wrestled with God and God has blessed him. And this is a reminder, too, of uh, this is the name that not only Jacob is now going to have, but, but those after him, right? He is the whole Israelite nation is going to be named for this, descended from this one who wrestled with God and named Israelites as princes of God. We also, we also get a new name, don't we, from the Lord? We are not, uh, we are not ethnic Israelites. We are uh, a spiritual sons of Jacob and, and Israelites by faith, but, but our name that we, uh, that we use is we're, we're Christians. The name comes from our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who wrestled with God. Um, Jacob's wrestling match with God is a picture of the, 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 the wrestling of, of our Lord Jesus Christ with God. Right? He, he wasn't being, he wasn't being uh, uh, remade, broken, and, and remade for his sin, but he was learning obedience through what he suffered. He was, he was submitting his will to God. Uh, he was submitting himself to go to the cross. He was submitting himself to suffer. And uh, he would not uh, stop that until, uh, until he had died for us, until he was raised up again from the dead for us. And now, even as uh, God renamed Jacob, we are renamed in Christ. And uh, that is our identity now. Two crucial things that Jesus wrestling with God means for our wrestling with God, loved ones. Two things it means for us that Jesus wrestled with God and what that means for our wrestling with God. Number one is we do not wrestle with God's wrath, but with his grace. Yes, we, we wrestle. He wrestles with us, uh, um, um, and that is a hard thing. But we are not wrestling with his wrath, but his grace, transforming us in Christ to be like Christ. And the second thing it means for us is that the wrestling match will end. Um, one day, it will give way to rest. And, and glory and peace and life eternal um, even as our Lord Jesus by his wrestling opened heaven for us uh, that, that, that is what is ahead of us um, this pilgrim journey that we've been on will end and we'll be brought safely home in Christ and we will walk in the garden in the new heavens and new earth in perfect peace and joy and communion with our God so yes, the Christian life is from the hard to the difficult and from the difficult to the impossible. But we're filled with the Spirit of Christ. And beyond the hard, the difficult and the impossible is resurrection life. Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful that you've set your love on us and your grace on us and that you are remaking us in the image of Christ and that ahead of us is rest and peace and glory. Lord, until then, strengthen us by your Spirit 
to persevere in faith. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.